in, in many respects, I feel like I joined the wrong cast at the wrong time. And therefore, I would like a do-over. <laughs> we co-sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm writing Andy right now. So okay, Andy. <laughs> at Andy. Tell him to get a different cast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to Boy Meets Bravo, your new favorite weekly Bravo TV recap podcast with a twist. We are two Bravo-holics just trying to make it nice and show a formerly unwilling participant why Bravo TV is gone with the wind fabulous. I'm Bree. And I'm LP. And this is Boy Meets Bravo. Episode 50! <laughs> wow! Yeah, that one was special. That 50. was, that was. Mm-hmm. We got to 50 somehow, some way, and it is a very, very special, supersized Texas level episode because we mm. have former Real Housewives of Dallas. And board certified anesthesiologist and fan favorite of the pod, Dr. Tiffany Moon, here with us today. Yay! But we're so excited that you are here with us. Um, we 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 did watch Dallas from the beginning up through your season, LP and I did. Um, and so just pumped that you've given us given us some time today. Yay, we I'm are excited to be here. Moonstruck, as, oh. will, as we'll say. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, how are you? How's the family? Husband? The kids? How's your mom? Uh, everything is good. Mom is good. She's mom. Um, work is batshit crazy right now because it's July 1st and our new residence just started. Um, the worst time of the year to get sick is July because we have all these new baby doctors around and they do not know what the hell they're doing, <laughs> which makes my life difficult because I'm like mommy bird. You know what I mean? I have to look after them. So I'm in a bad mood because it's July. <laughs> That's good to know. I didn't really consider that um, when going to the doctor in July. <laughs> Yeah, try not to go to the doctor in July. Interesting, interesting. So with, I know that we're kind of, well, I keep thinking we're on like this downslope of COVID and then it all starts like ramping back up. How are things going in your hospital? The hospital is not really full of COVID. Um, The current strains that we have right now, even though they're highly transmissible, um, tend to have a very mild course of disease. So people, it stays upper respiratory. People are not getting pneumonia. They're not getting on the ventilator. No one's in the ICU. Um, So that's good um, for now until the virus mutates and we all, you know, go back on quarantine again. Who the hell knows at this point? Because I'm just, I always say like, you know, I have cautious optimism because I thought that last summer um, we were going to be done. And then that's when like Delta came. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm like no longer, you know, (laughs) like hoping that it's going to be a thing of the past. I'm just like, we'll deal with it. Like we deal with the flu and everything else. I've somehow not, I, I have not gotten COVID yet. Knock on all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Same. Um, so Miss, well, excuse me, Dr. Moon, (laughs) as you know, I am a Bravo newbie. So if you don't mind, can you tell me how you got on the show and like, what is your origin story? 
Oh gosh, you know, um, from one Bravo newbie to another, <laughs> I also, prior to joining the show, never watched any of the Housewives shows. I knew what it was because they are iconic in pop culture. I know who Andy Cohen was. I understood that it was this show on Bravo featuring a bunch of middle-aged women who, you know, have silly antics, play pranks, go on trips. They're generally kind of wealthy. And, you know, like I, I didn't really think anything of it, but I'm not a major TV watcher anyway. Like I don't watch other reality shows and I don't watch this one. Like I just don't watch TV, period. So um, I originally met Deandra through her mother, Mama D, mm. um, a.k.a. the seventh housewife of Dallas, Mama D. And um, I took care of Mama D. We had um, mutual friends in common. And sh she said to me, my friend De or uh, my daughter, Deandra, is on this show called The Real Housewives of Dallas. Have you heard of it? And I said, yes, I've heard of it. And she said, I just think you would be fabulous on that show because you've got a sharp mouth and a quick <laughs> wit and you would tell all those little girls to go, you know, and she said some things that Mama D says that I don't really know what she means half the time, but I just smile and nod. As we you know? all do. Yes. Yes. Smile and nod. And yes, yes, Mama D. Yes. Okay. And one thing led to another. I became friends with Deandra shortly thereafter. We would go to charity events together. She had me over at her house. And she said, I really think you would be great on the show. And she sold it to me sort of as this sleepover that I never had. When I was young, my parents were very, very strict. We didn't live in a great neighborhood. And I was not allowed to have playdates or sleepovers. And so Deandra sort of told me, like, you'll make friends with all these girls. They're fabulous. They're funny. Um, they like playing pranks on each other. And it'll be like the sleepover you never had. And I was like, well, that sounds fun. And I was sort of in this period of my life. I call my midlife crisis because I had basically achieved all the things in my life that I had ever set out to achieve. You know, I was a doctor. I was, you know, in good standing at work. I had published all these papers, won teaching awards. Um, I had two kids, had a good marriage, had friends, was traveling all over the place. And she sort of offered it to me like this little piece of my childhood that was always missing. And I was like, sure, you know what? I will sign up for that show. So. It was very easy. All I did, I had a um, Zoom interview with a casting director. And then like a couple of weeks after that, another Zoom interview with, I guess, her boss. And then a month later, they flew me out to LA to have a green screen interview with the head of the production company. And then a month later, he called me and said that they wanted me to be the newest housewife on season five of Dallas. Like that's how it happened. Wow. There was no like tryouts. People are like, did you chase them or did they chase you? And I'm like, well, I, no one really chased each other. I mean, they did want me um, the year before I actually interviewed. It just wasn't a good time, but it wasn't like this whole to do about being part of the show. Like it really wasn't a big deal. And then we started filming and I was like, oh shit. What have I gotten myself into? Then you met Brandy, then you met Cameron, and you're like, I would, I would like off the bus. Yes, I would like off the bus, off this trip, off this cast, you know. 
which I did (laughs) ultimately get what I wanted. It didn't really go about in the way that I would have preferred it, but ultimately I got what I wanted, which is to have nothing to do with most of those ladies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was there any, like anything that really surprised you in the process? Like, you know, I mean, especially coming in with no background of the housewives and not really being a viewer of it. Was there anything that just like, again, maybe cast member behavior aside that really just shocked you about the process and was kind of an eye opener. Um, It takes so long, so long, like just to get the bus ready to go to Austin, to drive to Austin. We hadn't even started on the road yet was like two hours. Cause like one of the GoPros wasn't working and this and that. And it just, and the dinner that you think took like two hours to probably like six or seven or eight. Like it just, everything takes so long. And that's I, how the women get drunk. Cause they're like literally <laughs> sitting there for 10 hours. And like. I'm like, get me out of here. Like, and I mean, not to sound a certain way, but like I was working full time as a doctor during a pandemic and filming. And so all the time that it took to, you know, film dinners and trips and scenes that I thought like would take an hour took four and it was taking away from my time with my family, mostly my husband and my children. And so I was just getting really antsy and I just wanted to leave. I just remember when I was filming, I just didn't want to be there. And they knew the producers knew it. My castmates knew it. Like it was just so obvious that I did not want to be there. Damn. Well, I know. I mean, it's it's so sad to me because I wish that I would have had a better experience and I wish I could have like jumped in more and been more involved. But, you know, being that I was attacked um, from the very beginning, it's very hard to open up because now I make TikToks and do things and people are like, oh my God, you're so funny. We didn't even know you were funny. Uh, How come you weren't this funny on Housewives? And I was like, do y'all remember that I was like constantly being attacked and gaslit and having to explain like racism to my castmates? It's really hard to be funny and casual when you're having to do all these things and people are attacking you. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, too, because I don't I mean, I know you said you don't watch a ton of reality TV. We watch all of it. Um, and so Roni had a similar like season where one of the new housewives ebony it felt like she needed to like school everybody and she did every episode um yeah, i but, love ebony oh my god so much i so, saw select episodes of, of that season not all the episodes but like um a dinner that she had and some a trip that they took or something um and i i immediately fell in love with ebony because i was like oh i felt like she was in my cohort of new housewives, like Mm -hmm. the new regime, like Mm -hmm. educated working women who have something to say. Yeah. And I just, I took a liking to her immediately. We've been big fans of that. I think as viewers in general about, you know, not it just being all these kind of crusty white women that like have nothing better to do, but go to social events and this and that, where it was like, it was nice to finally see real women on television that are balancing a career, family, and come from varying backgrounds. I mean, you were the first Asian housewife, Asian American housewife. Um, What was that kind of like? Did you feel like there was additional pressure on you to represent your family, your culture, or did you walk into it even thinking about that? 
I mean, to be honest, when I first started filming, I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, it wasn't until it started showing and press started coming out that was like the first Asian American housewife, the first doctor housewife. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's a lot of pressure. But like before people started mentioning it, I hadn't really thought of that because I really was going on the show to have fun and let loose. Like this was me in my middle life crisis, like you know, rebelling and doing something fun for myself, like getting a tattoo or, you know, something <laughs> like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I wasn't trying to go on the show to like explain racism and be this like token Asian person in an all white cast. Like I wasn't trying to do that. I was just trying to have fun. And <laughs> let me be clear in case it hasn't been, it was not fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you think that that was thrust upon you by like the network, by the viewers, by your cast members? Like if you didn't come into it with that mentality, where did that kind of come from? Do you think? I don't know. I think maybe they had a certain agenda for me being on the show, which was not privy to me until I was knee deep in it. Um, and I think that a lot of my castmates, some of my castmates, um, were just very unwelcoming from the very beginning. I mean, it was very reminiscent of, you know, being in middle school and holding a lunch tray and kind of walking by the cool girls table. And they're all just like snickering and being like, her dress, you know, like it, you forget sometimes what people said or how things went, but you remember how you feel in certain situations. And I'm telling you the very first few times I hung out with those ladies transported me back to middle school in the cafeteria holding a lunch tray. This is the first time you meet them on camera or do you get the opportunity beforehand to like go grab lunch or coffee or anything like that? Um, when they found out that I had been selected, um, to be the newest housewife, I guess, um, several, several of them reached out to me and we all hung out and had a happy hour once. And then, um, Cameron and I actually had a lunch, just me and her, and then separately, um, a dinner with our husbands, a double date. So I um, actually starting the show was really excited. She was like, oh, we take all these trips. It's going to be so fun. We're going to be the pink posse. And, you know, I really love dogs, too. And she had gotten a new dog. I um, dropped off some dog toys for her new dog. And I really thought that, like, my best friend on the show was going to be Cameron. Like, I thought that. I came home and told my husband, I was like, I just had lunch with Cameron. She's fabulous. She loves pink and we both love dogs. We're like the same and we should all have dinner together with me and you and her and her husband. And he was like, okay, set it up. Like, you know, I just, and now like looking back after everything that's happened back then, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? But also back then I had no reason to think that she and her family were vile and disgusting because we were talking about dogs and pink things and how I like to buy Birkins and all this stuff. Like it, it was just so on the surface level there that we never had any sort of thing to disagree on. I was gonna say, it does seem like you're, you're, if, it resonates when you say like, it feels like a gaggle of high school or middle school girls, like particularly the Dallas cast feels like that more than most cast. I mean, you kind of get that. And I think that's encouraged by just the notion of the show, but it almost felt a little bit more of an enhanced version of that in Dallas than anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, I can only say what my limited experience with um, the women in the show were, but that's just how I felt. Yeah. 
it's just unfair because I remember when they announced that you were going to be the new, I don't know if they said like you were going to be, but like when we saw the new cast, we were like, oh, hell yeah. And then the first episode we watched, we were like, she is a badass. Like if you go back and listen to the episode where we talk about Dallas, we're like gushing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I'm going to go back and listen to it. Yeah. I mean, we, j- we then, loved it. I was like staying off of media as much as I could. Now I read the comments on my own posts and I would click on a few things sometimes. Um, but back then it's just, you know, I mean, you guys loved me, but there were other people that were just like, who is this new housewife? Like she is so annoying. Her voice is annoying. Her face is annoying. If she mentions that she's a doctor one more time, I'm like, okay, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I understand that. You're our cup of tea. Oh, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) So do you still talk to any of the women on your show? I mean, maybe are you friends with Deandra and Mama D still, or is there anyone? Okay. Yes. I have the exact same friends now that I had before being on the show, which is Mama D and Deandra. And I assume we're not talking to anybody else then? (laughs) No, I'm not talking to anyone. I mean, I would talk to someone if I ran into them. It's not like I'm purposely not talking um, to them. The only person that I've ever said that I would never work with again is Cameron. Um, Even when we were prepping to maybe do a season six, I had told them, like, if you are going to invite her back, like, just don't invite me because I'll politely decline if she's I I refuse to work with her again, like as a colleague, as a coworker. Um, But the rest of the ladies, even though we had our differences, um, some more than others, I would have been willing to work with them again, because at the end of the day, honestly, I was sort of approaching this as like a job, like a side gig. You know what I mean? It it was going to be a party and it was going to be fun. But at the end of the time, at the end of the day, these are people that you're like working with. I had never met any of them before the show. Right. And so I never was like, oh, yeah, we're going to be besties all of a sudden and, you know, calling each other every day. It's just not realistic. I love, though, that you came into it with that perspective, because I think that we can see on other shows, there are women who they're like, this is going to be my ticket to fame. This is going to be my, you know, my my everything. And then when that doesn't pan out, it's like very sad. Um, And so, you know, kind of it is it is kind of sad. I mean, we see on like girls trip, like ultimate girls trip right now. It's all the ex-wives right now. And like some of them just like all they want is to be back on Bravo. But it's cool that you're like, I have a whole life and career and family. And like, this was fun and could be fun. But like, I got other stuff too. And that's really awesome. Yeah, I I appreciate that. At the same time, I think, I don't know, maybe it didn't work out so well. Because when I was there, I was sort of like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not like this shenanigans. Like, no, thank you. Um, Whereas for the women that are like so desperate to be relevant and on Bravo, like maybe they're willing to do more. And in, in terms of providing entertainment, because at the end of the day, this is just entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps they provide more entertainment value because they're willing to go to greater lengths to do the things that the producers want them to do. Whereas I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you see that happening a lot? Like when the cameras turned on, there was like a persona for some of the women that would show up, whereas the cameras were off, wasn't the case? Yes. There are definitely people who amp it up when the cameras are on. Like it'll be one way. Who's the most most guilty of it? Um, I would say 
for our, the, the one season I was on, um, I would say Carrie and Cameron, like they, they are a unit. It, it became very apparent to me that they were, you know, people like pair up, um, and, and they would be one way. And then, um, the cameras would come on and they would like amp up their behavior, like, you know, to get more screen time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know who this may be surprising or not, but I will say the person who's least plays up to the camera on Dallas is Brandy. Like she don't is, give a shit. That is so cameras on cameras off. She's like the same. I, I, I could see that. <laughs> I see it. I see it. Yeah. Just like a yeah. mess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a mess whether the cameras are on or not yeah yeah right. yeah yeah but she doesn't try to be messier for the camera that is interesting because wasn't it wasn't it like season one lp where she showed up with like a poo pat or something was that season one she's in costumes i feel oh, like Lord all Almighty. the time she's she's actually you know people they people tried to make this thing with me and brandy because she had some video and they tried to like make that a thing and i was like honestly it's not a thing so people tried to make me and Brandy like butt against each other, but actually I found her for the most part fairly like fine to work with. Like she wasn't the one that was like conniving and backstabbing and like saying one thing and doing another. Like she was pretty like what you see is what you get. Like a lot of poop humor and fart jokes <laughs> and things like that. But like she wasn't planning secretly to like stab me in the back, right. you know? Gosh, that's interesting. Do you think any of the women, just based on the timing, like you came on the show, it was the last season for Dallas. Do you think that they harbor any animosity towards you particularly, or do they just see it as a, as a group failure of not able to like get the, get the show that I guess the producers wanted? I do, or do you find that, I don't know. I'm just curious. I, I don't think so. I think we think we are all Tiffany Moon fans, but do you think any of those women harbor any ill will because of it? Oh, I'm sure that they harbor plenty of ill will um, against me, regardless of whether the show was on air currently or not. Like, they just didn't like me. I mean, several of them. Um, But I don't want to make it like me versus them. I mean, I think collectively as a whole, we all failed in some way. But honestly, and I didn't know this, Dallas historically was the lowest rated franchise out of all the housewives. Like, that's just facts. Mm -hmm. And my season in particular fared about the same as the previous season. So it's not like it dropped off a ton. Like it was just always low. It just never picked up the viewership um, that a lot of the other cities have. And I don't know what the reason for that is. Um, But I don't know. Like, I I don't know if it, it would be fair to say that, like, I was responsible for not having the franchise be renewed you know like that's a lot of pressure to put on one person and yeah. i'm like there were six of us like you know what i mean like we all sucked <laughs> well leanne Lockin claims that it's because she's no longer on the show so she'll gladly take the blame i think so oh okay well i mean that that may in fact be true she may i think she was very entertaining to watch i think she has a large fan base and i think you know, in terms of entertainment value, again, she probably provided a lot more than some of the other women on the show. So she might not be wrong, actually. Have you met Leanne or um, or even any other of the like housewives in other cities? I know that you're friends yeah. with Crystal. Yes, I love Crystal. Um, 
yes, I have met Leanne. She and I have had lunch. I've met her at so many um, charity events that we've both been at um, in past years. Um, I haven't seen her recently. I saw her maybe like six months ago at our friend Essay's um, store opening. Um, she's a dress designer. But I run into her here and there because Dallas is small. Dallas is so small. You run into the same people at the same places over and over and over again. Um, other franchises, um, Ebony, I've met. Um, when she was in Dallas, we went and got Mexican food. Crystal, we've met up several times. Monique, I talked to from Potomac, but I've never met her in person. Um, Cynthia Bailey, when she was in town, um, we met up and had dinner. Um, Cynthia's friends with everyone. I've watched a lot of interviews and they're like, who do you hang out with, you know, outside of your cast? And every single person (laughs) says, Cynthia, is she just like a networker? She's super fun. Like, it's nuts. Everyone loves Cynthia. Everyone loves Cynthia. I have no idea like how she has time to, to meet and um, hang out with all these people. But our connection is that we actually have the same agent. Um, and so that was easy because my agent um, texted me and was like, Cynthia is going to be in town for a, an event. Um, why don't the two of you have dinner after the event? And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds great. So we went and got some sushi and stuff. And actually Claudia Jordan who um, was on Atlanta, came and joined us for drinks after dinner. And I met her too. So, you know, I mean, I don't know how many housewives are there, like in the history of all the cities, like 200, maybe. That's something probably. And I mean, let's say, let's say an average of six women, let's say there's probably been, I don't know, 50 to 70 collective seasons across, maybe more, maybe I'm underestimating. I don't know. God. But it's usually the same women, like even on Beverly Hills, like how many housewives of Beverly Hills have there ever been? Like 20, maybe I'm right. just guessing. And then you take 20 per city times 10 cities ish. This is like, you know, rough math. Like there's probably 200 housewives like ever. It's really not that big of a group. If you think about it, it's true. Your chances are very... better than making the NBA. I'm just saying you might as well shoot for the NBA. <laughs> the, the numbers are not there to be a housewife. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Well, I I guess I lucked out then. Look at you. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Good news, fam. We know you love you some Bravo, but you've got to admit you have your favorites. And Dr. Tiffany Moon is absolutely one of ours. That's why we're excited to offer our listeners a 20% discount on your next purchase of Dr. Moon's Aromasthesia medical-themed candles. Need to relax? Get yourself the Xanax candle. Trying to keep the nausea at bay anytime you accidentally catch a Kelly Dodd tweet? Try the Zofran candle. Yes, y'all, these are named for legit medical drugs and we are here for it. So to use your 20% discount today, visit shop.tiffanymoonmd.com and use discount code BOYMEETSBRAVO, no spaces. That's shop.tiffanymoonmd.com and use discount code BOYMEETSBRAVO. But it it does seem like it wasn't the best experience for you. But is there anything that you miss about being on the show? Um, I miss sort of just like the events. I mean, I also filmed like during the height of COVID. 
Um, and, and, you know, when Deandra was convincing me to be on the show and she was like, you love to travel, you love to eat. And, you know, they take us on a big trip every year. We went to Thailand, we went to Copenhagen. And I was like, Ooh, that I was like, I'm going to put that on the column of positive things. You know, I made an Excel spreadsheet of like positive reasons to join and negative reasons. Um, and so I put like travel, you know, new friends, all that stuff. Um, so I, I don't know in many ways now, I really wish I could have a do-over, which is not going to happen um, because it was just the wrong cast at the wrong time. You know, when mm-hmm. they say like somebody got into a bad situation, you're like, oh, it's just the wrong place at the wrong time. And I'm like, that's how I feel about my house by the season. Yeah. I would request a do-over too, if I didn't get to go on a trip, like that would be. That is yeah. Like Copenhagen, Thailand, Oklahoma. I know. I know. But like, you've got to hunt Bigfoot. And not many people get to do that. I, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. It was a experience, a once in a lifetime experience. I have a question for you. What was more scary, the potential of finding Bigfoot or Carrie holding a machete? Oh my God, Carrie, she was drunk and like slurring and like, like just, you know, look, I have a machete. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like I was far away from her when she had that machete in her hand. That's terrifying. The I've big watch man it, it was, was like, no, ma'am, take that back. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. And then she like cussed him out and talked about his small pee pee. And all of us were like, what on yeah. earth? Like she was trying too hard, like l- trying too hard, doing the most. And it's just, oh, oh, but I will say the Bravo fans are savvy. They are so savvy. And generally speaking, like what people say, not like a one off or whatever, but the general consensus of the majority of the people tends to be right. And the stuff that they were saying about her is like, oh, you're so annoying. Like, stop trying so hard. And I was like, oh, they see through it. Oh, good. They're smart. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, least favorite housewife. If I had to like list a... From the bottom up, Carrie's in the bottom four, bottom five. For like sure. of Dallas or ever? No, all of them. All of them. <laughs> oh, because it yeah. is, it's not, it's inauthentic. She's inauthentic to me, right? Inauthentic is the perfect way to describe Carrie. And I think that's the savviness that you're picking up from Bravo fans is that we, str- we, we our goal is authenticity, right? Like we want to see you guys be catty and... We want those really sharp, zingy one-liners in your interviews. We want the most blown out, crazy, like, I'm going to call them costumes because some of them look like they could be in, like, a costume design museum somewhere. But, like, we want all of those things, but we also want the personality behind them to be authentic, to be true to themselves. We sniff it out almost instantly. And, like, Carrie... First of all, I don't think she brings anything to the show, like <laughs> negative things to the show. And yeah. second of all, what she tries to bring doesn't feel real. Like it's crocodile tears for me when she cries. It's, you know. Yeah, very much. You, you are Cameron not wrong, too. LP. Cameron, Cameron, uh, just mostly because she, again, she tries to be something that maybe she is, but it feels super fake. Like she might be super fake and that's who she is. But it No, that is who fake. she is. <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. That feels right yeah. also. Yeah. yeah. Damn. You guys are very astute, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I 
watched a lot of this, whether we're proud of it or not. Like we've watched a lot. We now, since we have a podcast, we call it research. Yes. And so it's, I mean, you're basically doing work. That's what we think. <laughs> like research at work. Yeah. I'm right. working when you're watching Bravo and somebody's like, what are you doing? Be like, I'm working here. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try that. Poor guy. We have to force him to work sometimes. Um, but Aww. I yes. know. But what's your favorite right now that we're watching? Oh, jeez. Um, I don't know, baby. Do you Why know you do we're that? watching? Unfavorite. I don't even know what's yeah. on right now. Like Be- Beverly Hills is on yeah. right now. Dubai is on. Uh, okay. Dubai is cool. Okay. I like um, Jessica. Um, what's her name? Who's Jessica? I don't know. Erica. Yeah, Erica Jane. <laughs> Erica Jane. I like Erica. <laughs> Um. Uh, who else do I like? Jen Shaw. Uh, I know the press is kind of crazy like right now. You like all the criminals. Listen, I'm you sorry. said it. As someone who doesn't really watch Bravo, I like the excitingness that these women bring to it. So oh. I was a big Teresa fan. Um, I think oh. the first episode of anything I watched was Salt Lake City. And before anything came out, Jen Shaw was the one I gravitated towards. And here hey, we are. I get that because she had like – good energy coming in like when she first started. So I, I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, there's like a lot of housewives who are like criminals, right? I mean, I didn't know that. I didn't, I thought, I always thought that like, if you were, um, indicted on like federal charges that your job would fire you, but maybe that's just my job. Producers I mean, you would think, right? right? Come on. Bring the cameras. More ratings. More ad buy. Yay. What other job could you get a raise for getting indicted? I mean, honestly. That is a good point, you guys. I honestly never really sat down to consider all this, but it all makes sense. Oh, but I can't go too far in this conversation. I still have to build my Jen Shaw is innocent defense for the next episode. Post her saying she's guilty. I love Jen. So I'm a ride or die guy. So if I like you, I'm going to figure out a way to make it rod. I'm like the the thing when I first, um, I never watched any of the other seasons, but then when, um, Salt Lake started, I was like, Oh, maybe I can watch this one because it's new. Because what I don't like when we talk about like New York or Atlanta or whatever, and they'll be like, remember when so-and-so did that thing? And I'm like, no, I don't. They're like, Oh, that was (laughs) iconic. And I feel like I can't catch up and there's no way I'm going to start at season one of those shows and catch up. There's no way. So my whole like tactic now is to only watch the new franchises because I can be there from the beginning and like know all the stuff. So like Salt Lake, I watched most of season one and most of season two. And then Dubai, I just saw like the first two or three episodes, but it's like so far, I think Dubai is interesting. I really like Dubai so far. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like I kind of watch housewives like while I'm folding laundry or like you know, labeling candles or like doing something like I, I never like sit and just watch TV. Like I'll um, play it on my iPad and walk on the treadmill at mm-hmm. like 3.5 with an incline. Like I just, okay. and so I feel like I, I miss some of it. Like people are like, did you catch last episode when so-and-so said whatever? And I was like, no, I missed that. And they're like, did you watch? And I'm like, I thought I watched, but I guess I'm not like watching so intensely. Yeah. It's definitely a, I mean, I do a little bit of both. Like I picked up LVP from the airport the other day. We got dinner and we just put it on in the background just to have something on. 
but then for research, <laughs> I literally will have my notepad and I'm, and live tweeting is honestly like a little bit of research for me. It's a way for me to keep my notes together because all my tweets are in one place. Okay. No, <laughs> no I mean, I, I get why people have loved housewives for so long. I get that you buy into the um, characters and you love them and you try to go on this roller coaster of ups and downs with them as they, you know, um, do things in their life that are to be celebrated and mourned. Like you're on this journey with them. I totally get it. It's like, it's like how my husband like loves sports, you know, and, and he religiously watches like the Dallas Cowboys and all that stuff. Like for many people, I think Bravo and housewives is like people's sports. Yes. Desmond, would you like to give your comparison? <laughs> I totally or? agree. I've been saying this is women's WWE and uh, BravoCon coming up. This is WrestleMania. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I think you're not wrong. I mean, there are definite similarities. Yeah. They all have their like personality, you know, the, the personality. You have your enemies, you have your allies. Sometimes those will flip flop, you know, so I you know, got a tag team. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, no, I, I really appreciate that analogy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, a little bit of like off Bravo. I my one question for you is, is there anything that you can't do? We see that you do comedy now. You've got <laughs> wine. You've got candles. Like what is what are what are you doing right now? That's not doctoring which is like impressive by itself <laughs> i mean there are, i always say there's lots of things that i can't do and that i'm not good at i just don't post about those things on social media you know i'm a terrible cook um i can't swim i don't really have any hobbies which is why i basically just work for fun even when i'm not working i'm still working um but yeah i i just i don't know i like always being busy and having goals to achieve and sort of learning new things. Like, I mean, building this candle business from scratch, like I've learned so much. Like I learned how to build a website. I learned that you have to file taxes quarterly. Like, oops, didn't know that. <laughs> um, you know, so many things like, and I just think as a person, um, when you've stopped learning and growing and making mistakes along the way, then that means you're no longer challenging yourself, which is how the comedy thing came up. Cause I have a friend who's a true real stand-up comedian. And she's like, Tiff, you're funny. Like you want to open a show for me? She's headlining. She's like, you do like a 10 or 15 minute set, tell some jokes. Then you introduce each of the comedians for the whole rest of the show. And I was like, okay. And then I sat down to start writing some jokes and I was like, oh, this is hard. This is so hard. But, but I had committed to doing it and they had sent out like the promos. So I couldn't get out of it. Um, but, but I tell people like, I learned so much sitting down for like two weeks and trying to write a 15 minute stand up set about myself and what I think is funny and reflecting on past experiences in my life. Like that was a really good learning opportunity for me. It's hard. I had a very short stand up comedy career. And by mean short, I mean short, <laughs> but um, I mean, that's huge. You, you got to the laugh factory. Like, did you get any encouragement from, you know, other comedians or anybody that you knew kind of in the industry that gave you any like well-wishing or, or words of encouragement? 
Um, no, I mean, my friend Zhao Ying, who is the one that put me up for it. And then um, her friend Aiden Kim, who God bless his soul, is like the kindest um, human being on earth, listened to me practice my jokes on him. And he's like, mm, why don't we rework that joke a little bit? And I'm like, that's his nice way of telling me that joke sucks. Um, but but yeah, like, I mean, how many people really can say like they did a stand up set at the Laugh Factory Hollywood to a sold out crowd? Like, that's pretty fucking that's cool, awesome. I think. You know, and I'm, I just, I feel like as you go through life, you collect these sorts of little life experiences and friends along the way. And like, look, am I trying to be a stand-up comedian? Oh no. Oh no. But that was such a cool experience that I felt like if I had not had the balls to like say yes to, I would have regretted it. Sort of like doing housewives. Like I equate those things to sort of similar, but Laugh Factory was way more fun. <laughs> I bet. God. Oh yeah. I mean, and there's like, it's impressive. There's notoriety behind that. Like there are famous people, famous, famous comedians that walk across that stage every night. So to have your name there as well is huge. It's, it's very humbling actually to, to think that I stood on a stage where many, many great comedians have stood before. And I feel the same way about housewives. Like there are some great housewives out there, like iconic women who did multiple seasons and that shit is hard. People think you sit around and drink and have dinner parties and throw, you know, parties and stuff. It's not, it's, it's hard. It's hard in a different way. Mm -hmm. It's mentally and emotionally hard because people are playing games and you feel like you're like a chess piece and you don't know what's going on um but it is hard and and so to also be in that you know small group of 200 ish women who can say that they've been a housewife like i'm very honored to be included in that but i think you know like that chapter of my life personally is closed Damn. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I was like, did we lose connection? I don't hear them. Okay, we so. were upset. Our hearts That's why. Well, you know what? Second. Never say never. Like if there were to be a complete rehaul of Dallas and for some reason I was invited, which I may not be, um, I would consider it because I, I really do feel like I need a do over. You know, that's like people are like, would you ever do a, um, the ultimate girls trip. And I was like, hell yeah, I didn't get a trip. Bravo owes That's me a true. trip, <laughs> goddammit. That's like, true. Random question. Has, have there ever been a, a housewife to move from one city to another? Ooh. Because you I can always come to Atlanta and bump somebody off. Oh, I would love to come to Atlanta. I would go to <laughs> Beverly Hills. I would go to New York. Like I would go to just about any city except Salt Lake. Cause I can't do cold. It's cold there. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's not like sports. Like you can't get <laughs> traded. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh man. Yeah, I don't. That's think unfortunate. That's what about married to medicine, Dallas? Ooh. I would do married to medicine. I I never saw the original married to medicine, but I mean, if it's like housewives but with doctors, yeah, like that sounds perfect yeah. to me because I I love the premise that there's these women who are doing their own individual lives and you kind of see them at their family with their friends and then they all get together. Like, I love the premise of the housewives show. It's just that my cast, like very few of the other women even worked outside of the home, which I'm not saying that that's important or not important, but I had very little in common with some of them. And so even at like the parties, I'd be like, so what did you do this week or what's going on? You know, like we just couldn't ever get 
on a good vibe. And, and that's as much my fault as it is theirs. But in, in many respects, I feel like I joined the wrong cast at the wrong time. And therefore, I would like a do-over. <laughs> we co-sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm writing Andy right now. So okay, text Andy. <laughs> At Andy. Tell him to get a different cat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I can definitely. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like, not a lot of times, most of the time, the success of a franchise is about those friend, those actual friendships that right. we see on the show. So, like, you can tell when it's being forced and when it's not working. So I definitely think a new crew with you, as we call at Center Peach, is what we want to well, see. I, I have lots of friends in Dallas who are doctors or married to doctors. So I already have the cast of Married to Medicine Dallas in my head. Perfect. Like if somebody were to come and be like, we're going to produce this show, I'd be like, oh, here's the cast. We're making a poster. It's happening. Okay, perfect. <laughs> this is our ad campaign for the future ad campaign. But honestly, like if I'm never on TV again, I'm totally fine with it. It was such an enlightening experience for me. And as like a dorky doctor who, you know, never really was into reality TV, like it was so eye-opening for me. But if like, you know, that's not in the cards for me, like I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Is there a show? So like, Bravo aside, off Bravo, is there a show, and I know you don't watch much TV, let alone reality TV, but is there a a show or a type of show that you'd be like, yes, sign me up? Like, like, I would love an HGTV where anywhere I can go, like, look at houses and be like, hmm, this could be remodeled in this way. And then like, da, 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 like, love it, like, love it or list it, sign me up. Is there another show that you would do or a type of show? You know, the only shows I ever really watch are like game shows where you don't have to have seen any previous episodes to like know exactly what's going on on that episode. So like I love Family Feud, like OG Wheel of Fortune, um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, like when Meredith Vieira was hosting it. So I don't, I'm not good. I'm not good with shows where you have to like have known things about previous episodes. And because I'm so OCD and highly anxious, whenever I do watch a show, even one that I like, but they reference something that happened before and I don't remember it, or I actually did watch that episode and I still don't remember it, then I get really upset. And so then I just don't watch altogether. It's a very (laughs) weird thing. And I know that this is weird because my husband and I have gone into legit fights about what we're going to watch on TV because I refuse to watch certain shows where I'm not like caught up or don't know what's going on. So that's what I stick to game shows. I, I love could, game shows. Yeah. I do. I could see you on like one of Ellen's game of games. Or the box. Can you beat the box? Oh, yeah. Oh, see, I don't know these new ones. But yeah, I, I'm i such a bad TV watcher. I just, I don't know that many You're a shows. little busy. So. Yeah. But I mean, even when I do have time, like I prefer to like read or go for a walk. I just, when I was little, we didn't have a TV. Um, and so I, I never like grew up watching TV. It's just not like something in my arsenal of like things to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I watch, my husband loves TV. <laughs> he always has the TV on. Um, and so I kind of like watch whatever he's watching. Like I watched all of Squid Game, but also we watched it in like four days. So it was yeah. like very doable to me. Like it, it had a definite beginning and a definite end. And to me, like that was much more um, palatable than these shows that sort of like go on and on and on. <laughs> they give me anxiety. <laughs> 
What did your husband think about housewives? Um, he thought it was crazy. He was of the notion that it was not good for my health, which mm. probably is correct because I was um, working and filming and trying to be a good mom. And it was just too much. Um, it, it caused a lot of anxiety for me. And then during filming, and then when the show started airing, um, you know, I would read the comments that people had to say about me. And some of them were very hurtful. And I think over time, um, I sort of developed a thick skin for those sorts of comments, realizing like, hey, 100% of people are not going to like you. Like you're going to be annoying to some people. They're probably right. Sometimes I am annoying. Like, and I kind of had to work through that. But the first few times that I read really nasty comments about myself, I was like, oh my God, do people like hate me this much? It's just a lot to take on. Like I kind of was thrust into the public domain, um, having been a somewhat private person most of my life. And it was just a little bit shocking. And I think my husband saw that um, and, and was like, you shouldn't do this again. Like this show is not good for you because ultimately he wants to look out for me. So when um, production called and said, we're not going to be doing a season six, we're going to put the show on a hiatus, let everyone cool down, maybe regroup in a couple of years. Um, I The first feeling I felt was relief. And the first person I called was my husband. And he was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> he was like, I was so worried you were about to amp ramp up for season six and start shooting again. And he was like, I'm going to lose my wife for three months again while she's shooting. You know, you're going to be at work and then at work again. And we're not going to see you on the weekends because you have to take a girl's trip or something. He was like, oh, thank God you're not doing a season six. Damn. How did you talk to you, to your girls about it? I mean, cause they were pretty young. So you, you know, you can kind of weave the story, I guess that you, you want, and they're not necessarily exposed to the aftermath of it, but it's still interesting is like little girls to have cameras in your face and have your birthday party filmed and like all of that, I, you know, how, how did you prepare them for the experience? Um, they were Five, I think when we were filming and it was um, in the middle of COVID and they were off school and no play dates. And so once my daughter who was five was like, how come we're not allowed to have play dates? But like these people come over during the day to our house. And you said, we're not allowed to have people over at the house. And I was like, um, why don't you go play with your toys? Here's the lollipop. Why don't you go eat that and not talk? Um, so they were excited to have the film crew and the producers in our house just because there was other people. I mean, right. you know, they hadn't seen friends or other kids in months. Um, but I did ask them when we were maybe going to do another season. And I was like, do you guys want mommy to be on TV again or no? And they were both like, no. And I was like, why not? And they're like, because we want you to hang out with us because they were very acutely aware that me filming equals less weekends and evenings with them mm -hmm. because the hospital already took up most weekdays. Like that's accounted for normal. They're used to that. Mm -hmm. But then evenings and weekends would be family time. But then when I was filming evenings and weekends were filming time. And so they were very acutely aware that that was going to take time away from them. And they were like, no, we don't want you to be a part of this show anymore. And I was like, okay. So I basically had everyone in my life um, telling me no, including mama's son. She was like, mm -mm. she was like, no, you gotta listen to mama. What about the older mm -hmm. kids? How did they feel about it? 
I know well, they weren't they um, weren't on it, but I mean, seeing they you and the on family. It, and people sometimes people are so rude. Sometimes I posted a picture with my older stepkids who are now 18 and someone wrote on Instagram, like, Oh, you're like advertising them. I forgot what the word they used was, but how come we never saw them on the show? Like you're not a very good stepmom or something like that. I deleted it, which is why I can't remember this comment, but I was like, well, they weren't on the show because they were 16 at the time and their mother, um, preferred them not to be on TV, which is, you know, understandable um, her prerogative. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which I respected and followed. Um, but now they're 18 and my stepdaughter and I make TikToks. We're going to take a girl's trip together soon. So, you know, now we can do whatever, but for people to think that like they weren't on the show because I don't love them or I was hiding them or whatever, like people don't know the backstory. And then they say these egregious things that are like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? And, and the more of those kinds of comments that I got, like the more I sort of understood not to take these things like as important as I was believing them to be. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, um, we're, everything's great now. Um, they didn't care about the show. Cause they're like, do the show if you want to don't do it. If you don't want to, cause they weren't <laughs> ever on it and, okay. and they didn't see like how much time and energy it took away from me. But well, we, we see this all the time, like, of especially older kids, you know, like kids in their, te- you know, house kids in their teenage years, twenties and stuff. I mean, they get ridiculed and abused by by the viewership you know so like you're opening your family up to a level of exposure and ridicule that like especially at really sensitive ages is unnecessary so like you're doing the opposite of what they're accusing you of you're protecting them you're giving you're showing them grace and love and the ability to like live a normal life without people coming online and twitter and etc like literally tearing them to shreds Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that definitely got five points in the reasons to not be on the show column of the Excel spreadsheet (laughs) that, you know, they're not signing up to be on the show. And of course, you know, as an adult and as a parent that when you sign up to be on a show, like your children are going to be exposed somewhat, but the people out there got to like lay off the kids, man, like that's not cool. People yeah. get really brave behind the screen and behind their phones. People are keyboard warriors. Yes. And I'm like, come say that shit to my face. Yes. <laughs> I mean, because if you want to say it to my face, like, let's have a conversation. But like, I always say, like, don't say anything behind a keyboard that you wouldn't say to someone's face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we know that you are. Uh, we are... I have one last question. Oh, oh, okay. It's extremely important. Okay. America was fascinated by your closet. This like, is we true. all. We were all fascinated by your amazing, it, you had to have a, a fingerprint or a passcode to get in. Um, what's your favorite item in your closet? What are you like most proud of? Oh gosh. I mean, I'm not particularly proud of anything. I have a lot of sentiment, sentimental items on um, the island, like um, little figurines that my kids made out of clay and stuff like that. I have a little Louis Vuitton box um, that plays music. And inside I have the baby hats from when my children were born, because when they were born, we could not tell baby twin A and twin B apart. And so they had different hats on them. So I could tell which one I had just breastfed because I was so like sleep deprived in my postpartum state. I 
I was like, oh my God, did I just feed like one or did I feed that one? I don't know. So they have little baby hats and I keep those. The most expensive item is probably something I shouldn't have even bought, which is a Birkin. It's a special one called a Himalayan. I couldn't get one from the Hermes store because they're really, really rare, but you can always get them on auction from like Heritage or Christie's or something like that. And so in um, a bidding war, I way overpaid for this purse. It's it's a purse. It's a thing <laughs> that's designed to carry your shit around. And I paid like probably three times its retail value because I was in a bidding war with someone and I my competitiveness got the best of me and they bid. And then I was like, I will not be outbid. And I would like click the button and it would go up like five or 10,000. And so I way overpaid for that bag. And I've never carried it outside the closet. It's like a shame bag. It sits there in my <laughs> closet and it mocks me for my stupidity and my competitiveness. Um, so yeah, that's a reminder in my closet when I look at it to, you know, not be so competitive and crazy all the time. The shame bag. I love it. I'd take a shame bag. I would be more than happy for a shame bag. So if you get tired of that shame, you just let us know. (laughs) Okay. I'm hoping that someone who's even more competitive than me will offer me more than I paid for. There you go. Wait (laughs) for it. Take it off my hands, please. It's shaming me every day. (laughs) I love that. Dr. Moon, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, We appreciate it. We hope to see you on Bravo soon because we will personally reach out to Andy about our married to medicine idea. We're going to make it happen. You know, I, I would be open to a reboot of something with um, a different cast. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, thank you so much. We hope you have a good night. Tell the fam we said, Hey, yes, I thank will. You. thanks guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.